Praise the Lord. Good morning, church. Welcome. We're about ready to begin our time of worship. Just want to welcome you. Come on in. Find a seat this morning. How good it is to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Amen. Welcome to Pleasant Grove Assembly of God. We're excited to be here today. And we're excited about what God is going to do in our service. Amen. 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 Well, praise the Lord. Just wanted to remind you that this is Mission Sunday. So at the time of our offering at the end, our offering plates are set in the back by the doors as you leave. But I also notice our yellow buckets are there. And that's for our BGMC. That's our Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. If you're not familiar with that, it's our ministry for our children for missions, to teach them about missions and to and to cultivate a heart for the lost when they're young. Amen. And those proceeds go to help uh, provide material for our missionaries, uh, both home and abroad, that, that need uh, material to minister. So, if you can bless our BGMC at the time of offering. And remember our missionaries this morning. Amen? Let's remember to pray for them. If you've committed to a faith promise, it's a good reminder to to drop that faith promise in the offering as we continue to bless our missionaries. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers out there. Amen. Let's give a big round of applause for our mothers. Amen. We are so glad that you're here today. We honor you and we appreciate each one of you today. Hallelujah. Glad to have you with us. I want to invite everyone to stand if you would. We're going to open in prayer. We're going to worship the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I was thinking this morning, so we're singing one of our songs that we're singing, reminded me of my grandmother. When I was a little boy, I remember her standing and worshiping God and singing that chorus. And, oh, what a blessing it is. What a blessing it is for our mothers and our grandmothers and the prayers. I know that I'm a product of my grandmother and my mother's prayers. Amen. And my aunts. And uh, your prayers are powerful. Amen. Pray for your children. Bless them. Our children are a heritage from the Lord. Amen. They're a blessing from God. And we thank you, each one of you, for your love. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you today. Lord God, we thank you for this day, Lord, that you have made. God, we rejoice in it today. We're glad in it today. We're glad that we can come to your house this morning and to worship you, Lord God, corporately. And Father, we invite your presence, God, that you would fill this place this morning with your glory, Lord God, as we lift up the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Jesus, Lord, we glorify you today. Have your way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
thank you for the great salvation you've given us. We thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. Faithfulness that is great and sure. We thank you for it. We give you honor and praise. And all God's people said, God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Happy Mother's Day, ladies. God bless you. We love you. We give God praise for you. Honor you. Amen. You have your Bibles while you go to Hebrews 11. Our children can be dismissed to Children's Church, and they'll be heading that way, following Sister Amy. And so, all the young ones, you are dismissed. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. If you have your Bibles, if you would go to Hebrews 11, we want to read one verse from Hebrews 11, then we're going to jump to Exodus, the second chapter. Hebrews 11, then we'll go to Exodus chapter 2. Hebrews 11, verse 23. And the Bible says that by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child. And they were not afraid of the king's edict. Now, if you would go to Exodus chapter 2, and we'll give you the story. Behind our verse, Exodus chapter 2, beginning with verse number 1. Exodus chapter 2, beginning with verse number 1. Now a man of the house of Levi. Can you lower me? I don't like the way I sound. I'm just... just, just, uh, Thank you. It's too much up here, wherever it is. I don't like it. Now a man from the house of Levi married a Levite woman. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child... She hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, you better know God. There's only so much you can do in the natural. She got a papyrus basket for him, coated it with tar and pitch. And then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. Her sister stood at a distance. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. And she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl to get it. And she opened it and saw the baby. He was crying. She felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. And then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me. And I'll pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. I want to talk this morning about gifts of eternal value, gifts of eternal value, bowing our hearts. Father, we thank you for your 
holy word. And we pray this morning, give us ears to hear. Though we've come for various reasons, and this is Mother's Day, but right now, this is a holy sanctuary. And I pray that every heart and every ear would be tuned into the word of the Lord. And there'd be hearing ears, receptive hearts, and responsive faith that your word would strengthen us and teach us and also inspire us to respond and to act and to believe. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. Gifts of eternal value. Gifts that we should give. But also gifts our Heavenly Father wants us to receive. Now the main characters in our story are Moses and his parents. Moses, that great leader, that deliverer, the prophet, the lawgiver. The one that spoke with God face to face. The one that went to Pharaoh and said, In the name of the Lord, let my people go. Moses, a man of courage and humility, a man of valor. He was the one that led a nation of slaves into freedom and broke the back of the strongest army on earth. Moses, that's Moses. But the fact is, as we just read, Moses almost wasn't. Moses almost wasn't. You see, Moses belonged to an alien and uh, oppressed race. Now, he was born at a time of unusual trouble, unusual hardship. You know, typically, usually, generally, a birth of a son is a time for rejoicing and celebrating. But instead, this was a time of anxiety and of heartache and dread. Moses was born into a nation and family of slaves. At the very time, a cruel and vicious law was being enforced. That all the male Hebrew children were to be killed at birth. They were to be drowned in the Nile. I'll tell you, friends, the devil's been after the children from the beginning. Don't let them get yours. Don't let them get yours. Yet this Moses was so much against him, was so much that was contrary to that little baby ever seeing his first birthday, ever maturing into adulthood and manhood, ever enjoying the life of blessing and purpose with all that hell had stacked against him. Moses had one marvelous thing in his favor. Moses was the child of believing parents, and that made all the difference. Moses was a child of parents of faith, and that makes all the difference this morning. Moses had parents that feared the Lord and loved their son. Parents that would not and did not bow to the world's pressure to conform and act like us and believe like us. Parents that would not accept society's definition of right and wrong. For long before the apostles said we must obey God rather than men, Moses' parents lived it out and demonstrated it for their son and for us. He had courageous parents that dared to be different. They lived differently. Parents that chose to stand apart and refused to fear and obey the king's wicked, wicked decree. God, give us more. Men and women, husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, that would have as their motto as, for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Moses had parents that gave him some eternal gifts. The first one was the gift that says, I believe in you. I want you to notice in verse 2, the Bible says, she became pregnant, gave birth to a son, and when she saw, when she saw that he was a fine child, when she saw he was no ordinary child, when she saw, it's the gift that says, I believe in you. I can see the image of God in you, and I'm committed to help you see it. She saw something beautiful. She saw something worth fighting for. 
born into terrible hard circumstances and conditions. And many would have said, there's no hope and given excuses. But she saw and she believed she was a woman of faith. Friends, uh, the prophet Jeremiah's words ought to be taught and memorized by every one of our children. Put them on posters, put them on sticky notes on the fridge. Give them an allowance if they'll memorize it. Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and plans to give you a future. Let them know again and again and again that God Almighty is interested. He does care. He's very concerned about them. He desires to be involved in their lives, in their decisions. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a destiny just for them. And if they'll seek Him, and if they'll serve Him, they can enjoy that and they can walk in that. And they can be men and women that know their God and do exploits in their generation. She saw, when you look into your child, ladies of faith, men of faith, see something special. See the handiwork of God. See the destiny of God. See the purpose and potential of God. Wanting to get out and wanting to strive to lift up Jesus and walk in His way. She saw that her son was no ordinary child. And she decreed by the grace of God, you're going to make it, Moses. You're going to make it. These times might be hard. They've always been hard. The conditions might be challenging. They've always been challenging. And there's a lot stacked against you, Moses. But the God we serve has the last word in the lives of those that serve Him. The God we serve has the last word for those that serve Him. Don't leave that last part out. you got to serve Him. you got to seek first His kingdom. But if you'll do that, you can walk in the goodness of God. You can develop and mature and bloom and become the one God has called you to be. Somebody say Amen. And as parents, we've got to help them see that. We've got to help them believe that. We've got to help them realize that the devil will try to deceive them. He'll try to discourage them. He'll give all the lies of society in a culture that has lost its way. But they that know the Lord shall be strong and do exploits. We that know the truth, and that truth sets men free, and that truth helps men become what they were created by their Creator to become. Moses, you were made in the image of God, by God and for God. You're no accident and I won't treat you like one. Instead, I'll love you and I'll pray for you and I'll fight for you and I'll raise you to know this great God that created you and sent His only Son for you. Happy Mother's Day. I hope I stir some mothers up. If that husband's not doing the job of leading the family, you lead the family spiritually. But don't let those kids be adrift. This culture will chew them up and spit them out. If the old boy won't do his job, you raise up and you do the job. Come on, say amen. The song says, he preaching, oh, welcome to church. This is Pleasant Grove. I don't know what you come for. I come to talk to someone. You need to get where you need to be with God. It's time to put God first. It's time to stop playing games. Let's get right with God. Let's stop blaming the world for everything and say, i got to do my part. But if I'll do my part, our God honors faith. By faith, Moses' parents. By faith, they believed. By faith, they rejected the world. By faith, they hung close to their child. By faith. The vision of God sees something special in people. Even to the lost and the backslidden, the unsaved. 
as one songwriter put it, he sees kidnapped royalty. Sure, they're dead and separated from God, but that is not the way they were intended to be. Their lives were created and destined to be filled and used for the glory of God. And though the enemy might have marred them and might have deceived them and might have damaged them, tried to destroy them, God, the living God, desires to rescue them and rebuild them and restore them. He wants to return them back to the place they were called to be. That's why He sent His Son that we might be redeemed and we might be restored. That's why He sent His Son so that our sons and our daughters might know the living God and walk in the goodness of His grace. Parents, the vision of God says, I see the handiwork of God in you and I am committed To help you see it. I'm committed to help you embrace it. To help you believe it and to develop it and fulfill it. That's the vision of God. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. The vision of God. I know what you are, but I know what you can be if you'll come to me and serve me. It's like when Jesus and Peter had one of their initial conversations. And Peter and Jesus said, you are Simon, but you shall be called Peter. You're Simon and you're kind of wishy-washy and you're here today and you're not there tomorrow. But I see something greater in you. I don't see just what you are. I see what you can be. If you'll follow me and serve me and obey me, you are, but you shall be. I know your condition, but your condition does not have to be your conclusion. Can you say amen? Oh, God will write a new chapter. God will start a whole new volume in your life if you let them and put them first. God sees something better in each one of you. It's good to know our God sees what we can be and what we shall be. We just come and give Him His proper place and believe His promise and respond to His call. The vision of God. Verse number 2. The vision of God. Gifts of eternal value. Moses' mother saw her child through the eyes of God. And she said, I believe in you, and I am committed to you. Let's give that gift to our children. Can you say amen? I believe in you. And I'm going to do my part to help you see that. And help you achieve that. And help you to walk into that. Number two, verse three. I'm entrusting you to God, and I'm letting you go. Verse three. Look at the story. When she could hide him no longer. There's a limit to what we can do in the natural. But faith has no limitations. It'll reach anywhere. Amen? Prayer can touch everything. When she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him, coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it, put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. Mm. Great act of faith here. She says, I'm getting out of the way. And I'm entrusting you to God. The time came when she had done all that she could. Have you ever been there? She had exhausted all that she could do and say naturally. She had to let go. But remember, we're a people of faith, not a people of fate. We're a people that says, we believe our God is able. 
We might not be there, but He'll be there. We might not be overseeing, but He'll be overseeing. We might not know exactly all that's happening, but our faith can reach you wherever you're at. And our prayer of faith can affect you whatever path you're walking. And we believe our God is able to keep you. And our God is able to fulfill His good work and purpose in you. And our God is able to surround you and shield you when life brings you through storms and trials and things that will try to harm you. But though we might be five states away, our faith and our prayers will be surrounding you and sheltering you and lifting you up before the throne of Almighty God. You see, the point here is that she didn't throw Moses into the arms of fate. She threw him into the arms of God. Not into the Nile, but into the hand of the one that directs the Nile's every turn and rules over its every drop. She says, I'm letting you go, but not into the arms of fate, but into the arms of the living God. I'm not abandoning you. I'm not forgetting you. I'm releasing you and entrusting you into the care of your heavenly Father. I'm not throwing up my arms in despair, but I'm releasing my faith in God through this act of faith. The Bible says, Hebrews 11.23, we read it, by faith, Moses' parents. God saw that as an act of faith. Oh, my, my. Friends, one of the greatest things, parents, one of the greatest gifts that we can give our children is not only to trust God for them, but to teach them to trust God. The old saying, you, you give them a fish, you take care of them for a day, but you teach them. You know what I mean? Comes a point you've got to trust God for yourself. Comes a point you've got to trust God for yourself. You can teach them how to trust God. Look out. One of the greatest gifts we can give our children. Teach them how to trust God. Life will teach them. (laughs) That things come our way that are unfair and unkind, unexpected, overwhelming, heartbreaking. But they need to know and know that they know that they know that we serve a God that is faithful. We serve a God that is mighty. We serve a God that is loving. We serve a God that is kind. We serve a God that you can trust in the hard times. We serve a God whose word and promises you can believe. We serve a God that you can lean on and look to and put your trust in when the going gets rough. We need to teach them that in their hour of trial, they don't have to turn to the false hopes of this world or to the deceptive wisdom of this age or to the confused culture that has lost its way and doesn't know it's left from its right. But instead, but instead, but instead, they can look to Jesus. They can call on Jesus. He is the truth. They can walk in the truth. The rest of the generation can be confused, stumbling in the darkness, but they can know the living God. They can know the truth. They can walk in the light and enjoy the blessing that God desires from all His people. They can cast their cares upon the one that loves them, the one that will be there for them. Teach them to trust in the one that makes a way even when there seems to be no way. The one that will defend their cause when it seems like it's just them and God against the world. The one that will navigate their steps even when times are spiritually dark and at times this world can be hostile towards the child of God. Moses' parents gave Moses as well as you and I a wonderful example of faith in the living God, of trusting and 
entrusting their child of God. They trusted God, but they also taught their child in doing that how to trust God, how to believe this great God, how to depend on this great God. Young people, you can trust Jesus. Young people, the devil is a liar. This world has been lying to you. There is no better way to live than putting Jesus first and loving Him and serving Him. There is nothing this world can give you. It'll last just a little while. The Bible says of Moses, I'm jumping ahead of the thing, that because of what he learned from his parents, when the time came for him to make the choice, he was not deceived by the riches of Egypt. He was not seduced by all the pleasures of Egypt. Though they might last for a while, he knew they were short, and he knew in the end it would not be worth it. But he chose to trust God. He chose to identify himself with Jesus. Somebody, if you have not identified yourself boldly with Jesus Christ today, is your day to make that choice. Let your family know. Let your friends know. Let this world know you love the Lord. You're going to serve the Lord. And you're going to walk with the Lord. Hallelujah! Oh, bless His name. By faith. For in her releasing Moses to God, that was his saving and salvation. In her letting him go, that's where he found his destiny. It's so important that we trust God, but also teach our children to trust God. How to believe that word. How to stand firmly on the principles and promises and the commandments of the living God. Psalm 100 in 25 and verse 1 says, Those that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken or moved, but endures forever. You see, in teaching our children to trust God, we help them to become secure, strong, stable individuals. Not easily swayed and seduced and overwhelmed by the storms of this life. But when they learn how to trust God, the Bible says they become like a mighty mountain that is a strong and stable, secure and steadfast individual. Not easily tossed aside, not easily crushed, but enduring and overcoming. The Bible says, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord. With all your heart. And don't lean on your own human understanding. But in all your ways. That means all. How many ways? All All your ways. My Lord, have mercy. All your ways. Not just the ways that are convenient. Not just the ways that, you know, God's in agreement. No, no. In all your ways. If you'll acknowledge this great God, He will direct your steps. Pay attention now. If we teach our children to trust God, we teach them and we help them connect and we help them to develop lives that are being led and guided and governed by the hand of the Almighty God. Every parent here can lift up both hands and say, Amen. Amen, amen, because we know mistakes are costly. And we take certain things lightly until we get bitten by life. And then, oh, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Too late then. Too late then. But we've learned to trust Him from the beginning. And walk in His ways. Even when His ways aren't our ways. How I many know His ways are better? Then we can have the confidence that He'll order our steps. And He'll direct our paths. 
and He'll govern our lives. My God, have mercy. He knows where every detour is. He knows where every dead end is. He knows where every bridge out is. He's still able to make the rough places smooth and the crooked places straight. It will just walk with this God. Amen. He can take us anywhere and we'll have a firm footing and a firm foundation. You know, we tell this story often, but it bears repeating. And it's true that um, there's this little antelope-like creature called an impala. And this little, little, this little critter. But they can jump about 10 foot high. And they can jump, you know, about 30 foot forward. But you can go about any zoo and you'll find them. Um, their, their, their enclosures has a little three foot fence. Of course, it's got, you know, the grass and, and you know, the, and so they can't see through it. Because even though they're so gifted and they have so much potential, they will not jump if they can't see where they're going to land. When we teach our children to trust God, we free them from fears and intimidations. We cancel limitations. We tear off lids that would try to keep them and hold them back from being who God's called them to be, from accomplishing what God's called them to accomplish, to excelling in the areas where the world would try to give them a timidity. God wants to give them a Holy Ghost boldness to do God's will and to do exploits for their God. When you trust God, you'll accomplish more in life. When you trust God, You'll, you'll learn how to achieve more in life. When you trust God, you will not be hindered by the other things that hold people back. You'll have a courage in your walk. You'll be able to face the fears that other people cower to, but you'll advance against them because they that know their God will be strong and do exploits. They that know the Lord, let not your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. When there's a trusting in God, there's a great peace in the heart. And you can walk on regardless of what you're facing. You can believe on regardless of what men are saying. There is something special when you learn how to trust God. When you learn how to trust God, it enables your life to achieve more, to accomplish greater things, and to become and bloom as the one you are destined to be. Gifts of eternal value. The gift that can see the plan and glory of God in the individual and help them to see it and help them to achieve it. Gifts of eternal value. Gifts that entrust and trust. Gifts that teach the other how to believe God. Teach about the greatness of this God. Gifts of shelter. Gifts of refuge. Gifts of resources. Gifts of protection. Gifts of provision. You know, the gift of shelter, shelter or refuge, protection from um, the exposure to the things that are unwholesome and ungodly in this present world. We give our children and we build our children shelter. A great gift is to give our children refuge and resources. To give them shelter. To give them strength. To give them protection. To give them provisions. Two that we can briefly mention as we walk on. Our limits in love, limits in love, gifts of eternal value, limits in love. Limits are godly standards and boundaries. Limits tell, teach, and train a child how to live. Boundaries that are securities and safeguards. Children want to know how to live, and they want to know you care enough to discipline. 
I believe it was Tony Evans that said, the job of a parent is to be the filter on their homes. Water filters keep impurities from getting into the home. Parents are those filters. There are filters for their homes. So the junk of this world is not inculcating, implanting, instilling, influencing into the lives of their children. Gifts of eternal value. Limits and love are two great gifts that we give our children that have an eternal value. Limits express love by godly standards, boundaries, and disciplines. But love is something that speaks of a proper acceptance, an encouragement, a loyalty, a consistency, an attention, something that brings again a significance into their life, a security into their life, love that is both verbal and physical. But remember, rules without relationship usually end in rebellion. Rules without relationship usually end in rebellion. But gifts of eternal value, I love you enough to give discipline and limits to your life. They're safeguards. They're not balls and chains. I love you enough not just to feel it, but to express it and to show it and let you know it so you sense the significance that you should feel because you are so special and so cherished in my eyes. We need to give these gifts to our children and because these are things that everyone needs, we need to receive these from our Heavenly Father. Child of God, accept the limits and embrace His love. Accept His limits as safeguards and protections for your life. And receive His love. Accept that love. Let His love stir your heart. Let His love give peace to your soul. Be secure in His salvation. Receive significance from recognizing you are one that has been chosen of God, highly favored in the eyes of God. You are the one that He cherishes. You are the object of His affection that He loves so much that He sent His Son to die a cruel death on a cross just so your relationship with Him could be mended, made strong, and made right again. Oh, when you look at yourself, see yourself through the grace and the kindness and the mercy and the affection of the Lord. Gifts of eternal value. Gifts that bring refuge and protection and shelter. I love you enough to know where you go when you leave the house. I love you enough to put standards in. I love you enough to be there and be your cheerleader and change my schedule so I could cheer you on. Resources. Gifts of eternal value. It's good to leave them a couple bucks. That's all right. We could all use it. But there's something greater than even silver and gold. There are some greater gifts than silver or gold. There's instruction and there's impartation. Instruction as we teach them and tell them. Impartation as we live it in front of them. But some things are taught and other things are caught. And if you get around it enough, it will rub off on you. If you get around it enough, it ought to rub off on you. Moses' mother understood the home was the primary place where instruction and impartation was to take place. And she did such a job in those few years that she had Moses in those early days that later on the universities of Egypt couldn't dislodge from his heart what she had imparted. You see, everyone needs to find their identity. Everyone asks these questions, who am I? What's good for me? Why was I made? What's life all about? How am I to conduct myself? What has my Creator said about me? 
What does my Creator reveal to me? How can I understand and make sense of this life? She instructed him concerning, number one, who God is. He had faith in the true and living God. When he could see through the false and feeble gods of Egypt, he wasn't deceived by the cultural gods that were all around him. Because his mother taught him, no, there's one God, and Him only will we serve. The Creator of the heavens and the earth, the One that rules and reigns with all power and all glory. He's the only God. He's your God. She instructed him about who God is. She instructed him about who he was as a young man. That he was a Hebrew. He was chosen, a special. He was part of a destined people of God. Just like you, if you're a Christian today, you're a special. You're a different. You're a separated people. We that serve the Lord, the Bible says, we're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. We're a people that belong to God. We've come out from the world. We're separate. We're not like them. That's why you raise your kids. No, we don't do certain things because we're not like certain people. We live different. We love the Lord. We live according to the book. They might do it. That's their choice. But as for me, in my house, come on, say amen. God's given us a book. We're going to honor that book. God's given us a house. We're going to frequent that house. We're going to walk. And if others don't do it, that's all right. This world is not our home. We're just a passing through. She instructed him concerning who God is and who he was. He was part of a chosen race and generation. She instructed him concerning what God said. You gotta let them know what God said. They're here and they're bombarded with all this craziness. Craziness. Don't know what to believe, what not to believe. Amen. More news are getting silly. They're getting deceived. Craziness. Someone better tell them what God said. There is a sure report. There is a better report. There is a truth. There is a truth you can count on. There is an absolute truth. His name is Jesus. They gotta know what He said. She let them know what God said. Moses, there's been a promise. God said, we're leaving here. God said, we're not staying in Egypt. He's sending a deliverer. He's taking us to a land of our own. He's taking us, oh, glory be to God forevermore. Hallelujah. We're leaving. A deliverer is coming. There's a promised land that awaits us. This world is not our home. While we're here, we got a job to do, but we don't belong here. God has something greater for us. God has something grander for us. Let your children know what God has said. Don't let them get deceived. See, faith comes by hearing the Word. If you hear any word long enough, you start to believe that word. If you get bombarded by the cultural commercials, materialisms, the deceptions you hear in the universities or on the newscasts and so forth, after a while you begin to believe that. After a while that begins to dilute your thinking. They need to hear again and again, Thus saith the Lord, we serve a God and He's given us a book. And God said what He means and He means what He says. And in a world where they tell you you can't know absolute truth, it is a 
lie. You can know absolute truth. You can find it in the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. You can build your life on this book. You can make your choices on this book. You can trust this book in every area of your life. You don't have to be deceived. You don't have to be frustrated. You can know the truth. This truth will set you free. And this truth will lead you forward into the goodness of God. She instructed him. There's an eternal gift. Instruct them. Tell them who this God is. Our God still hears and answers prayer. Our God still transforms lives. Our God still heals messed up homes. My Lord, have mercy. Tell them who He is. People crying out for identity. This world so messed up. I won't go down that road. It's awful tempting, but we better tell them what God said. I'm telling you, the devil's a lie. I don't care if they got PhDs. Listen, Hitler's henchmen had PhDs. Just because some joker gets on the TV and they're supposed to be an expert, they start saying stuff that's nutty and not in line with that book. Just turn that junk off. That's a lie. That's not true. Can you say amen? God gave His people a book, and we can examine whatever we hear is in line with the book. Whew. I mean, I only get some of you every once in a while. I've got to get you while I can. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Gifts of eternal value. She instructed him and she imparted something to him. Number one, she imparted confidence. She let him know this God knows you, Moses. And this God is for you, Moses. And this God is with you, Moses. This God is a big God. (laughs) This God is a loving God. This God is a dependable God. This is a God you can call on and you can pray to and He hears you and He answers you, Moses. Confidence and, and a confidence in God is what gives a person confidence in life. You can walk firm in expectation. Oh, man. She imparted confidence. She imparted courage to make moral choices and to stand against evil, to do God's will. His parents imparted by modeling, by godly example, courage in the fear of the Lord. Many of the other parents were throwing those boys in the Nile. I mean, after all, Pharaoh said you had to. After all, everyone else is doing it. After all, we don't want to rock the boat. I mean, why, why, why go against culture? Why go against the rest of the family? Because they feared God and they loved their child. Because they believed there was a higher law than Pharaoh. Moses grew up around that. He, he caught that. You can't teach that on a PowerPoint. That's something you've got to get in your heart. That's something you've got to get in your heart. Moses caught from his parents a moral courage that was not afraid to stand against the lies of the culture and the lies of the present hour. She imparted confidence and courage. They imparted compassion. Interesting. Now, if anyone had it made, if anyone had a reason to forget where he had come from, And forget those others that didn't have his break. It was Moses. Don't forget where you've come from. 
Don't forget how far God's brought you. Tell others that God can do it for them. But you're a testimony of hope. You see, Moses had a lot to lose, humanly speaking. But he was taught by his parents' lives and words that there was a cause greater than himself. Wow. He was taught about love and compassion, about justice for others. These things were imparted and they moved him to become a deliverer and a liberator. If anyone had a reason to close his eyes to what was around him, to plug his ears to the cries that he heard, I mean, he had it made. He grew up in the best universities. He grew up as a prince in the land. I mean, he had a lot to lose, naturally speaking. But something was put in him. It's more than just what you have down here. There's an eternity. There is a cause. There is a righteous cause to fight for and to sacrifice for and to give your life for in this present hour. He had a lot to lose, humanly speaking, but he was taught that there was a cause greater than himself. Love, compassion, justice. These were things that were imparted and moved him. The Bible says later on in Hebrews 11 that Moses chose and Moses came of age. And every child will one day come of age. Thankful for the choices of mom and dad that were parents of faith. But now, put in a place, you have to make your choice of faith. And the Bible says that he chose, he chose to be mistreated with God's people than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He had everything at his disposal. He was a prince. But he said, you know what? I put it on the scales. I'd rather be with God's people. Even if it means being rejected and being resisted, I'd rather be with God's people than eat because this won't last. It might be good for a while. It doesn't last. You might think you're in the gang and you're happy. It will not last. Hebrews goes on to say that he esteemed or he valued disgrace for the cause of Christ as greater than the riches of Pharaoh in Egypt. He taught something from his parents. He learned from his parents that there is something greater than just the natural blessings down here. There's an eternal reward. And there's an eternal cause. And because he received that when his time came, he made the right choice. He made the proper evaluations. And that's why we read about his life and we honor men like his faith. Moses' parents gave his child gifts that shaped and sculpted his life. Gifts that helped Moses become the man that he became. Let us give these gifts to our children. Let's look at them through the eyes of God with the eye of faith and let's believe in them. Let's help them to recognize the greatness of their God who created them and has a good, wonderful purpose for their lives. Let's help them to believe that. Let's help them to achieve that. Let's do our part. And let's trust God for them. Even when it comes to the point where they have to leave the home, let's entrust them to God. And in the trusting them, let's teach them to trust God for themselves. Let's show them that they can believe the Bible. Let's show them that they can seek God and pray for themselves and God will hear them. Let's show them they can believe this God. 
for decisions and for trials and tribulations. Let's give them some refuge and let's give them some resources. Let's do our best to protect them from the lies of this age. From the things that would try to warp them and afflict them and contaminate them. And let's do our part to give limits and love. Let them never doubt that they were loved by their parents. Let them, They might not agree. They might go their own way. But let them never have a real doubt that they were loved by their parents. They're loved. Limits and love. Limits and love. And when they buck at the limits, you tell them, it's because I love you. If I didn't love you, then I'd just say, go do whatever you want. What do I care? But I care. So limits and love. Limits and love. And as we walk with them and spend time with them, we instruct them and we impart to them. We teach them the truth. In a world that is trying to deceive and defile, we're going to teach them about this great God and who he made them to be. Teach them about the great salvation they have in Jesus and how they can walk with this God. And as we walk it ourselves, remember, it's hard to give what you don't got. As we walk it ourselves, we begin to impart something to them. The impartation takes place as we just be who we are. You be that man of God you're called to be. You be that woman of God you're called to be. And those that are in your influence will catch something. They cannot help but get something. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, folks. The power of your presence is a powerful thing. You know, if in the natural world, something as stinky as smoke can get all over someone, no matter how bad you want to reject it. And how much more faith, how much more godliness. Isn't that right? You know, back home, you try to go, try to, go to that bowling alley when you're back home, you know, visiting the family, someone's wedding, you know what I mean? All right, night before, the guy's going to get out, go bowling, right? About the only place in town back in those days, they still smoke. You walk in there, ten minutes later, you walk out. My goodness, you thought you were in a smokestack. Because you got in an atmosphere, it clings to you. Well, if we make our homes an atmosphere of faith, an atmosphere that lifts up Jesus, they can't help get that scent. Ah, hallelujah. Get that scent. Get that praise scent. Get that faith scent. Amen? Fill your house with praise. Fill your house with the glory of God. They can't help it. It'll cling to you. Isn't that right? It'll cling to you. You get in that atmosphere, it'll cling to you. And they just grow up. They just don't even know why they know what they know. They just visit in that atmosphere. Hallelujah. All right. I'm closing down. You glad you came to church? Just give Jesus a hand clap. He's wonderful. He's wonderful. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Lord. And for every point I made, As we said in the beginning, these are gifts that we need to give our children, but they're gifts our Heavenly Father gives to us. So if you heard something, you say, you know what, maybe I didn't have the best upbringing. Maybe my parents weren't even saved. Everything we talked about, your Heavenly Father wants to bless you with that. Wants to impart you with that. Wants to encourage you with that. So you might be here today saying, well, my kids are long gone. It's a whole different. Maybe you need these blessings. Well, as you draw near to God and you walk with God, you'll begin to hear His voice saying, you're special. You have a destiny. I've got a promise with your name on it. You can begin to believe that. You can begin to hear His voice saying, I'm for you. I'm cheering you on. I'm by your side. 
Glory to God. Gifts of eternal value. If we could have all the mothers stand, please. I want to pray a blessing over the mothers first. So moms, go ahead and stand. I just want to pray a blessing. You just reach up to heaven. And we're going to ask God to fill you and God to bless you. I'm going to pray God gives wisdom. So in the mind, it's cloudy right now. It's trying to think. It's just cloudy. But that cloud's going to lift and you're going to get an answer. You're going to get an answer. You're going to see clearly. You're going to see clearly what to do. You're going to see clearly what to do. Father, I pray for every mother within the sound of my voice. Father, in the name of Jesus, let rich and lasting blessing come upon your ladies. Right now, Father, I pray wisdom, clear thinking, great spiritual discernment. I pray that those that have decisions to make now, they'll begin to see clearly now. They'll have the understanding of heaven and they'll know what to do and how to do it in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray right now every bit of heaviness would break. Every cloud of oppression would disperse. And I pray an impartation to every heart of strength, of encouragement. Father God, I pray a fresh anointing. Upon your ladies, a fresh anointing, a fresh anointing to believe and to expect and to stand. And Father, give them the desires of their heart, answer their cries. And Father, I pray, grant the gift of faith. Two or three are facing a situation that is overwhelming. They need the gift of faith to pray and believe and see that miracle. Father, give them now the gift of faith. That as they storm heaven for that situation, they will see mountains moved. Bless them with peace and the joy of the Lord. And all God's people said, Now would everybody stand? I'll pray a blessing on everybody. Hallelujah. And when I get done praying the blessing, if you need any prayer, you can. I know everyone, you know, I know it's a special day and people need to go, but I hate to close any service in case someone does need prayer. We'll believe God. But let me pray the blessing. Father, I pray for your dear ones. I thank you for everyone that's here today. Father, I pray that everyone that's here today would leave knowing how much you love them and how much you have done for them through Jesus. I pray that every person here today would make a fresh commitment not to be ashamed of the gospel, but to boldly announce they belong to Jesus. And that I pray they make the choice to trust you, Lord, in all things, in all ways, to trust you and to believe you and to be led of you. Father, order their steps, guide their paths. Lord, for those that are thirsty, fill them afresh. For those that are hurting or weary, in the name of Jesus, grant them an impartation of life and strength. Let that thing lift off, let life be imparted. And Father, let this be a week of answered prayers. Let this be a week where the joy of the Lord overflows them. And the joy of the Lord is their strength. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. God bless you. The offering plates are in the back. Um, Let's give Jesus one more. God bless you. Oh, Lord, we love you. 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 We love you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. You're dismissed. God bless you.